everybody welcome to episode 39 of in the flat podcast i'm your host tony kill joined once again this week by ben parker and jordan's back from his assignment on the road so thank you for joining us again jordan um so have a jam-packed agenda obviously we're going to continue our conference previews we have the pac-12 today um, we're going to get into um, as far as uh before we dive into any news there wasn't a much out there uh, i will say if i you know our continuing coverage of um, super conferences here um we, I did see that Notre Dame is in talks. Well, not talks, but the rumor is they want to get $75 million per year if they were to stay independent. Um, so if NBC were to give them $75 million for, for their TV deal for just their six home games, which I don't know if NBC is going to want to do that, but, I mean, they do get good ratings for NBC, so maybe they would. Um, then they'll stay independent. If not, then I feel like they're going to go to the Big Ten. But, um, again, that's continuing to watch that and see what Notre Dame decides to do there. Um, on uh, NIL side of things, uh, I think SEC media days, not a lot of much out there unless you, you want to complain about, you know, Brian Kelly and all his weird comments he makes. But um, for Lane Kiffin, he did mention that he fixed NIL salary cap would be good to help eliminate some of the, the woes that teams are, are experiencing or being outbid or, or things like that. So uh, would that help, guys? I, you know, would a, I kind of look at – that is almost like a baseball though. Like if you look at a baseball salary cap, the Yankees could spend so much more than other teams. So say like your NIL is 25 million a year. Can Miami of Ohio spend 25 million a year on NIL? I mean, I don't know. I still don't know if that would be fair. What do, what do you guys think? Um, what do you think, Jordan? Do you think that's the way they should go? Or, I mean, would that even solve anything? I mean, it could, it should be a way to go. I think there should be more of a, instead of a salary cap per like team it should be like a per player salary cap kind of thing you can't pay a player x amount of dollars for a season or a semester or whatever so i I don't know it's just it it's it's something it's an idea to put out there i think okay yeah i mean i mean it's worth a try it won't hurt right i mean Right now, there's no salary caps. People are spending what they want. So at least if you put a little bit of a smaller salary cap, then you know they're they have to be held to that. So at least to give a little more of a fighting chance to some of those smaller teams that are out there. Um, speaking of SEC media days, I think um, Mr. Sankey, you know, continues to, to talk about the playoff. He feels like they don't need automatic qualifiers to make the playoff, and I, and I, I believe the reason he's saying that is because he wants as many SEC teams in the playoff as possible. So if you don't have automatic conferences being one of the qualifiers and you can get as many teams in from your conference as you want. Um, do you guys think there should be automatic qualifiers or do you think it should just be the best eight teams in? What do you think, Ben? I, I like the, the automatic qualifiers if for no other reason than I just like to see at least one team from some the smaller groups get in just to give them a chance to see if they can compete. But I understand this is big business, always has been. Um, every time you put in an automatic qualifier, one of those big business teams gets pushed off to the side every year. So uh, I understand the argument here, but from, from my own personal pleasure, I like at least one automatic qualifier to ensure that one of those smaller teams gets in. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I go back and forth. I mean, I, I like to see the best teams, but also when everybody have opportunity, I mean, it's, 
I mean, if you think about, look at the NFL, they don't, you know, you get the, some of those years you get an under 500 team winning a conference getting in um, like the under Seahawks did a while back, you know? So you got those weird situations like that for the most part though, you're going to get a team over 500 that plays pretty well and it should at least have a chance. So um, I kind of like the automatic qualifiers as well. What do you think, Jordan? You, do you agree or? Do you think- it's like the same thing as, you know, um, March Madness, you know, the NCAA basketball tournament and, you know, they have automatic qualifiers. If you win your conference championship, you're automatically in. So seeing those smaller schools, I think it just makes, you know, more television rating, not ratings, but more television and uh, like media on that smaller school, which, you know, just in all, it helps NCAA brand overall. So, yeah, totally agree. All right. Um, let's move on to, well, before we move into the conference preview, I did want to mention on um, if you hope you guys have a chance to listen and check out our article on the website, make sure you check out the um, the Super Conference um, podcast and article. Those were, I think, you know, pretty fun to do, and we're going to just again be able to follow along and see which um, which conference does the best. I will say by by voting on Twitter, the, the Twitter followers have spoken that um, you know, pretty much had the best conference. But um, you know, once I'm not here to brag or rub that in Jordan's face or anything, so. Um, I mean, Jordy had zero. Uh, I don't want to hold that against you, but uh, but two of your votes, there were eight votes, and two of them were you two. So, <laughs> and Gretchen. <laughs> I mean, you—that's your own fault for not voting. Did you not vote for yourself? No, I was busy and I didn't have a chance to vote. Oh my god! Well, even <laughs> Jordan wasn't confident in his votes, guys. So you follow along this year, and we'll see which one you know comes through to at the first place line. Should be a pretty fun little contest, anyway. But that article on the on the website, we'll be updating it every every week when the season starts. So starting week zero. So if we have a week zero team that happens to have the number one rating that week, because there's not a lot of other teams, they get some good points that week. So something to keep an eye on. You were gonna say something, Ben? I, I appreciate you guys auto auto drafting for me last week, and I apologize I had to go. Um, I was really excited when y'all started handing me the SEC schools like LSU and Florida. And uh, I was like, wow, these guys are doing great. And then, you know, I started getting some Nebraska's and some Florida States. And I was like, okay, y'all see where this is going. But anyway, uh, you know, like you said, y'all could have, uh, you could have dumped me with some uh, group of five teams and laughed at me I all mean, year. Almost gave you Kansas, <laughs> but I, I decided not to. Um, you know, we wanted to make it, a, make it as fair as possible. Um, and so we gave you some teams that could really shoot for the stars or could really, you know, shoot for something else. So um, we'll, so we'll see how that goes. Um, all right, cool. Well, um, again, that should be fun to follow along. Thank you guys for, we had some people commented, some votes, you know, some people sent us messages on it. So yeah, pretty fun little um, interaction there, guys. So, you know, let us know how, how we're doing as the year goes on there. Um, so let's talk about this week's um, conference preview, which is the Pac-12. Um, so obviously Pac-12 has a lot, a lot of weirdness going on with USC and UCLA leaving, but that's not for a couple of years. So let's talk about what's happening this year. So uh, well, first, before we do that, let's take a step back. So Utah won its first Pac-12 title last year. Um, and, you know, if you look at most experts, that's where they feel like it's going to begin. The path to the 2022 championship begins, and that's for Salt Lake City. Um, you know, it uh, should be interesting. You know, the Utah brings a lot back, you know, but then you also have USC coming in there with, um, with Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. Um, you know, who, who knows what you're going to get at that USC team. It could be, you know, Really good, really bad, but um, they should be much approved at least better than their 4-8 record last year. Uh, you know, I think 
Oregon could potentially be a clear favorite, but they have a new head coach that you don't know what you're going to get there. So it could be really, again, really good, really bad, but they had a good schedule where they avoid um, USC and Utah and they avoid USC and they have Utah at home. So that's a, that's a good scheduling um, break for them. Um, you know, UCLA needs to upload, reload their offensive line. Um, and then you have the, the rest of the pack, like Arizona, Colorado, looking to improve Oregon state, Washington, Washington state, um, you know, had some pretty, okay season so they're trying to prove on those last year so there's a lot of this unknowns with the pac-12 i would say pac-12 wasn't great last year they had a really hot top heavy um utah and um, oregon so it looks like it might be those two again maybe usc mixed in so let's jump into it as we have done the last few weeks with this format we're going to um really focus on what last year's record was and see if they're going to improve upon that or um you know come come back down to earth a little bit so let's start with oregon um, in the North Division. Uh, last year, they finished 10 and 4, 7 and 2 in conference. Um, and then, you know, they obviously have the new head coach in Dan Lanning um, when they're bringing back 14 starters off of that squad from last year. So you, you would think they're going to, you know, pretty, be able to produce somewhat, somewhat, you know, and then they have some new, new quarterbacks. So open up to you guys, Jordan, um, Oregon, are they going to improve upon that? New head coach, new spark, uh, or are they going to be like new head coach who this and have a bad season? What do you think? I think they're going to improve on this. I think Dan Lanning coming from arguably one of the best defenses in college football history. And um, he's going to bring that defensive prowess he has, you know, from Georgia and, you know, not a lot of Pac-12 teams have all defense. And he, I think he's going to bring Oregon that defense. Um, like you said, Tony, their schedules. Mm, eh. um, they play Georgia. And like you said, they play Utah at home so they play Georgia and Utah at home so I think it's going to be a good season for them and uh, we've seen great things from Oregon last year against uh, Ohio State so I definitely see them improving um, at least one or two more wins at least okay Ben do you agree or do you do you uh, see something different happening with Oregon there I, I don't see them getting any worse. I'll say that for sure. I mean, they're loaded with talent. They've been loaded with talent for quite a while. So, um, you know, even though it's going to take Lennon a while to get settled in, over time he'll get the defense better. So I, I see them uh, either flatlining with the same as last year or maybe even getting a, a game better, just like Jordan just said. So um, the schedule, like you guys have already talked about, it's not a brutal schedule. There's a couple of really tough games, and then there's a couple of games that are, you know, that are kind of up in the air. But there's no reason this team can't be right back at double-digit wins again this year. And I, you know, me personally, I don't have them making the, the the playoff, the top five, or anything like that. But this team ought to have a heck of a season. You know, I totally agree. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of feel I see them kind of following that same same kind of schedule. I think they're going to lose um, the Utah and Georgia. I think they'll lose the. I don't know. I think they might revenge the championship game they play um, again. So. Um, I think they might actually approve by a game now I think about it. I think there might be more of a, you know, 11 and two type of season and then um, see what they do in a bowl game. But yeah, I don't think they'll make the playoff um, this year, but I think they'll, they'll hopefully, you know, Dan Lanning kind of build, rebuild that culture to be more defensive dominant. So we'll see if that happens this year. Um, next up, let's talk about Oregon state. They were, um, you know, I would say better season for Oregon state standards. They finished seven and six, um, Overall, last year, 5-4 in conference. Um, 
that last season really marked a big step forward um, for coach Jonathan Smith, which is at his alma mater. Um, they won nine games over his first three years, but then came back and went seven to six last year. So uh, really a big improvement. Uh, do we see that continuing Jordan? Do you think he's going to um, continue to build off of last year and build something, you know, a little more special there at Oregon State? I think so. I think the, the returning quarterback, um, returning offensive line players, I definitely think that they're going to improve, uh, maybe have one more win or even stay even. I think um, going to have a really, little tougher uh, try, uh, games this year. Just, you know, have to play Utah, Utah, play Oregon, uh, USC. So um, just tough. So, I mean, even or one or two more wins, I, I, I see that. I think Oregon State's going to have a, a, a good year again. Okay. Ben, what are you thinking on this one, Oregon State? I've got them checking in about the same. So I, I really don't have any doubt that Oregon State's not going to go anywhere, right? I mean, they, they look like a tough team. Um, I, I like the coach there. But the schedule really isn't, isn't that great for them. They have to go at Utah. Um, they're going to catch uh, – hang on a second. They, uh, I lost it right here. They've got Southern Cal coming in. That's not going to be an easy game. We've already kind of chalked that up as a loss for Oregon State. Um, there's a couple more games on the schedule there that are – it's not the greatest schedule. It's not the worst. I think it's it's a good, decent schedule. So I've got them checking in about the same. For me, right now, I, I don't think their quarterback is so dynamic, and I don't think they're so dynamic on offense that they're going to be able to, you know, get up in that eight, nine win stratosphere this season. So I've got them then checking in right around the 500 mark again. Um, maybe they get a game above that. But that's kind of what I look like here for the Beavers this year. Yeah, you know, I think they might have an opportunity, maybe an eight and four type season, approve a game or so. I do like their quarterback, Chance Nolan. He um, – if you look at their yards per play last year, it was um, uh, led the Pac-12, which was surprising to me with all the, you know, you think there's a lot of good offensive teams in the Pac-12, but led by Chance Nolan, they were able to get 6.5 yards uh, a play last year. Um, he, you know, he, he got over 227 yards from scrimmage per game. Um, and I think he can improve upon that, get into the three to 400 yard range, um, especially when he has um, a good running back, um, team behind him with um, true freshman Damian Martinez really being a rising star and and be able to step in and, and potentially even um, replace the current number one uh, running back B.J. Baylor so I really think they have an opportunity to do something special on offense um, you know defense probably has uh, has some work to do they have to manage some of the the losses that they have there um, but they they did get some transfers in from Florida and other areas um, there's a ton of experience on the secondary but they definitely need a lot of improvements. That's why I don't, I don't perceive them like, you know, wowing teams in like 10 win type season, but I could see them getting to like an eight and four, potentially get to nine if they get a good, you know, bowl match up there. So that's where I kind of think of Oregon state for next year. Um, let's talk about Washington next. Really. Um, they definitely needed a fresh start. They were four and eight last year, uh, three and six in conference. Um, they have a new head coach, Kalen uh, DeBoer coming in. Um, who people expect to get back on track in, in, in this year. Um, they really, that was their worst season in um, since 2008 last year that um, they kind of fell off, fell apart. And you got to think they got to do better in my opinion. So you got to see them doing much better here than four and eight. Do you see them getting the six to six type of season? Uh, what do you say, Jordan? I can see them getting a six and six type of season. <clears throat> their schedule kind of caters to that six and six. Um they play Oregon, but other than that, you know, they have um, Michigan State at home. So 
I definitely think Washington's schedule um, really kind of dictates, or not dictates, but shows that they can get the six and six mark. They can get back to 500 um, new head coach. Um, hopefully they can find that success again. Cause I mean, they were our, they were in one of the first college football playoffs and now they're four and eight. So definitely see them getting that six and six mark, maybe, you know, five and seven, but I definitely see them. They can get there. Sure. Um, ben, do you agree? Or do you see them kind of staying around that area? Four and eight. I'd, I'd be surprised if they stay at that four and eight mark, right? Because Washington typically does a whole heck of a lot better than that. We haven't seen them go four and eight in a while. So there, there are things I like and things I don't. What I don't like about Washington right now is they look slow. I, I saw it early in the season against Michigan when, when they played Michigan. And Michigan's not a particularly fast football team necessarily. Um, and, and Washington looked slow in that game. I watched them later in the season. They just look slow. They do not look as fast as we've seen their teams in the past. But I do like that they've got Michael Penix back in there at quarterback. If he can be healthy and if he can win that job, I think he will. Uh, that certainly offers them some, some hope there at quarterback. Kalen DeBoer, I like what he did before. I think he can do it here at Washington. And Jordan Mitch in the schedule, there's about three automatic wins on there at least, and then one basically automatic loss. And everything else is a 50-50 game. So you have to think, yeah, they can get back up in that six or seven win category um, for me personally. Yeah, good call. I mean, the schedule will dictate a lot of them, you know, getting out in front of this. Um, you know, I um, as I look at Washington, my concern is actually Michael Penix. I, I feel like watching him last year in Indiana, he just really looked hesitant. It may be a, a new start would be good for him, um, and he could put him in a situation to be successful. But I think Washington will eventually go to – I mean, we're dealing more with Sam Heward um, – you know, whether it's the beginning, middle, or towards the end of the season, and kind of get them to that six and six mark because they'll need that spark at quarterback. Um, hopefully, Michael Penix comes back and he, he he plays well, but I just don't see it happening with injuries he's had and the confidence that he's kind of lost there. Um, so, I, but I do see him getting six to six, seven and you know five type of season because they have they have a lot of talent. Um, you know, I like their I like their wide receivers. If they get the ball in their hands, they're very dynamic. So they can make some things happen. So they definitely will be better than last year, I would imagine. They have to be, right? I think that's the worst they've been in a long time. Um, all right, we're talking about Washington State next. Um, they were seven and six overall, six and three in conference. So overall, a pretty good, um, pretty good showing for Washington State last year after, you know, term of the beginning of the season um, where they fired their head coach because of COVID protocols and all that. So. Um, and so the head coach is going to be Jake Dickert, who um, who really took care of, took control of that team in the second half and got them to where they were that seven and six mark. Um, and I like that he hired a um, a head coach to be his offensive coordinator, and that is an uh, incarnate world head coach Eric Morris to call plays. And I think that's helpful. That way, as a first time head coach, you don't have to worry about that aspect. You have a head coach that can you can bounce things off of and really um, you know work things through. So. You know, I, I actually think Washington State has a chance to be pretty good. Um, what do you think, Jordan? Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I think they can get the even that seven and six, maybe eight and five. Um, their schedule is kind of tough. They play Wisconsin, Oregon, uh, USC, and Utah. Um, and if Washington somehow gets back to where um, Washington can be, that's a tough game as well. So I definitely see them going even. Um, maybe losing a game. They could even win a game, one more game. So it's just Washington State's that middle team, I feel like, 
in the Pac-12 that's kind of like they have those ups and downs. You don't know what's going to happen kind of thing. Their schedule kind of uh, shows a lot. Um, their schedule shows that they have a tough it's, – it's grueling from the beginning to the end. And I think um, they're going to get that even. I think with the transfers um, and new head coach and, you know, just, you know, offensive coordinator, all of it, I think that Washington State is going to be seven and six. They can even put uh, shock me and go eight and five, eight or uh, nine and four. I, I definitely think Washington State can improve a lot this year. All right, I hold my opinion until the end here because I, I have a maybe I'm feeling a little higher on Washington State than I should be. But um, Ben, what do you think? Well, I, I I think I know where you're going, Tony, and and I'll say this: Washington State could be one of those weird teams that actually gets better from a talent and performance standpoint, and the record actually gets worse. Um, and that's where I'm going to take it here. I think Washington State's going to be on the losing side of the, of the ledger here this year, and Jordan just mentioned the schedule. They, they've got a game at Wisconsin. I think they're going to lose that game. They've got Oregon coming in. I think they lose that game. They've got to go on the road at Southern Cal. I think they lose that game. They've got Utah coming in. I think they lose that game. Um, they've got to go play at Oregon State. I would probably give that as a win to Oregon State. That's five losses on the schedule right there with basically one automatic win, maybe maybe two automatic wins. And that's a big uphill climb to win all those other 50-50 games against some of these Pac-12 teams. So I actually like what Washington State is doing. I like the quarterback they have coming in. I like the, the his coach that they brought in to, uh, I think, be the OC there. I like what Washington State is doing. It's just kind of a tough year to be doing it. Um, it's it, kind of my opinion on it. So give me Washington State somewhere around five five wins this year, five and seven, looking at the schedule. No, I mean, it's all good points. I mean, that, that schedule is tough, definitely a tough slate there. Um, so I'm going to go out on a limb here. This is going to be one of my out on a limb teams um, on Washington State. I, I'm thinking nine and three, 10 and two is what I'm thinking in Washington State. I don't think they're going to lose all the games. I think they're going to beat Wisconsin. That's my early upset pick for week two of the season. I think they're going to beat Wisconsin. Um, I, they're going to lose to Oregon. I think they're going to beat USC because USC can't stop anybody. And I think they're going to outscore USC. Um, and then I think they're going to lose to Utah. And so then that's it. I think they're going to win the rest of their games. Um, so, I mean, 10 and two is what I'm thinking for them. And, and you want Tony, why are you 10 and two? They're stupid. Uh, but no, um, the, re- <laughs> the, the reason being is I really like their, um, their transfer quarterback, Cameron Ward. So look at these stats from last year. Um, he threw for 4,648 yards and 47 touchdowns last year. I know it was against lower competition, but I really think he, you know, he's going to be able to, I don't think, Defense is a big thing of the Pac-12. So I think he's going to be able to throw the ball around. He'll have some weapons there with uh, Deshaun Stribling on the outside. Um, I am a little worried about the offensive line, um, but I think uh, I think he'll be able to get the ball out of his hands quickly, and I think he'll do some damage. Um, Washington State's defense played better last year, so if you do continue improvement on defense with that offense, I think they'll be able to beat some teams. I, you know, the only teams I'm, I'm worried about is I think Utah will out-physical them, and I think Oregon will out-talent them. USC doesn't have the talent they had in the past, and they don't have the offensive or defensive lines um, to stop them, I don't think. So that's why I'm thinking 10-2 and two for Washington State. And I think Wisconsin, just, I just don't see enough on the offense. And their defense may be able to slow them down, obviously, but I think that could be one of those tight games that we win in week two. So go ahead and mark it down, folks. Go ahead and put some money out there in Vegas. You know, share some with me when you win, but um, that's that's my early week two pick. If if you want to, you know, talk about Tony picking teams that he thinks are going to be good, 
Uh, if you are an avid listener of our podcast, Tony thought Indiana would be um, amazing last year, and look where we are now. Who knew Michael <laughs> Penix? Knew you were going to go there. <laughs> who knew Michael Penix was going to be bad? Okay, let's talk about Maryland. How you were so on Maryland? Okay, we don't. I wasn't on Maryland. It was more of the fact that Tua's brother was killing it out there right at that point. He was killing it. He was killing people with the ball because they couldn't catch it. <laughs> at least he had um, more wins than Indiana. I don't know. I mean, Michael Penix sucks. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. That's why I brought up the fact earlier. I don't think he was going to bring much to Washington. So, okay. Moving on, folks. Moving on. Um, you know, again, some of your, your, some of your tickets on Vegas that you betted on this and, I'll, you know, I'll make sure to retweet it. Okay. Um, California. And refund it. No, I'm not, I'll not refund. I will, um, I will celebrate with you when you win. Okay. California. Um, they were five and seven last year overall. Um, four and five in conference. Um, so obviously, I think this is what I've come to expect from California this type of season. Um, and they only are getting seven starters back from that team that went five and seven with Justin Wilcox last year. So there's gonna be a massive amount of turnover in this team. Um, you know, but as always, they should be able to, to push for that six to six mark to try to c- contend for a bowl game. Um, and you know, I think. The, the strength of this team will continue to be his defense, which if I am a, by the way, side note, if I am a um, team out there looking for a head coach that's going to be really turn my defense around, I would really look at Justin Wilcox first because this team always has less talent but always plays really hard on defense and always has a good, does a good job. But I digress. Jordan, do you see them getting to that, back to that 6-6 six six mark bowl eligibility or do you see them kind of 5 or 7 below? What do you think? I, I think – you know, they could easily, not easily, but if they get the right pieces, they can go six and six. But with their schedule, like they play Notre Dame at Notre Dame, at Washington State, um, at USC, at Oregon State. They play Washington and Oregon. And this is all, if you go down the list, you know, they play Notre Dame week three, then they have an easy game. Then they play Washington State at Washington State. And then that, next you know they play Colorado and the next four games after that are Washington Oregon USC and Oregon State all in that stretch I definitely can't I, I don't I don't see them winning you know you know any of those games so I can staying even maybe getting that six and six but definitely even okay Ben do you agree or do you do you see something magical happen at California next year I'm a lot along the lines of what Jordan is saying here. When you look at their schedule, the first half, you, they're going to lose to Notre, lose at Notre Dame, and maybe lose at Washington State, possibly. But they could start yes. off the season four and two. It would not be well. We we already know from Tony they're definitely going to lose that one. <laughs> definitely going to mark that down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, off of that analysis, they they could conceivably start off the season four and two. Uh, that wouldn't shock anybody. But then Jordan mentioned that the schedule just drops off a cliff there and you have all those tough games some of them on the road so six and six looks about right for California now because I have such a huge you know I have bias against before a lot of a lot of uh, franchises I, I'm not sure that that I'm going to give California the credit to go six and six here so I'll probably pull them in at five and seven but they have every reason to hope that they could make a bowl game this year that, that's certainly on the table for them yeah, no, for sure. I, I kind of think I see them getting that six to six. You know, one of the main reasons they have um, Purdue, alma mater, and my, you know, myself. Um, Jake Plummer is the quarterback transferring to California there, and I, I um, 
I'm not saying he's dynamic in any means, but I think he can get them a win or two um, that they may not have gotten last year. And I, I think that'll help them get to that six and six mark. Um, I do like, um, you know, their backup, Kai Milner. He, you know, I think he has some opportunity to get some playing time and do some things as he develops. Um, I like their running back, Damien Moore, who, you know, just got, really got started last year. I think he'll do some good things. So I can see him getting a six or six, but not, I mean, it's really a stretch to get anything past that. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to take them to have really six good games to get the, the six wins. So, um, yeah, six or six or a little less would it surprise me. Um, let's talk about Stanford. They had another struggling season, uh, three and nine overall, two and seven in conference. Um, if you think a look back, Stanford won at least eight games every year from 2011 to 2018. Um, however, they're only 11 and 19 over the last three seasons. Um, and returning to a bowl game will not be easy as they have to have uh, crossover matchups with USC, UCLA on the road, Utah on the road, play BYU out of conference, Notre Dame out of conference. Um, yeah, it's tough. So, uh, Jordan, is the Cardinal going to be back or um, is that tree about to be chopped down? Oh, it's chopped down. I think they got to replant it <laughs> and have it grow again. <laughs> that three and nine season is looking strong once again. Um, their schedule is, I definitely think it's the worst in the Pac 12. It's the hardest. Um, these go, they have the, the easy game in the beginning, but they play USC, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, Notre Dame. Uh, they have Arizona State, but then they play UCLA away, uh, Washington State, Utah, and they end the season at BY or yeah, or versus BYU at home. So that schedule is just hard. Yeah, right off the rip. Interesting that they play BYU. I never. That's not a matchup I'm normally used to seeing. They're playing in the last game of the season. It's kind of weird. Um, that's interesting that they have scheduled it that way because that's not very helpful for their chances. But what do you think here, Ben? I'm not far off. I'm not quite as down on Stanford as, as Jordan is, but I, I'm not picking them to go to a bowl game or even reach 500. I, I probably have them pulling on the train at five and seven. I really, really like Tanner McKee at quarterback. Uh, Tanner McKee is good enough for NFL teams to be looking at, and they will be looking. Um, he's got the arm strength. He doesn't have a cannon of an arm, but he's got the arm strength. Um, he's very accurate. Um, he's not very fast. <laughs> you know, think of uh, Drew Bledsoe and Peyton Manning when you think about him running around in the, in the pocket. But certainly he, he has enough uh, to be able to make this to make this offense home. Stanford is another team. You know, I said the same thing about Washington. Stanford is a team that looks slow to me. And I don't think it's because of – it's not necessarily because recruiting is down. When you look at the past five, six, seven seasons, the recruiting classes have by and large been decent. And they've even been pe- pulling in people at wide receiver and, and defensive backs who are four stars at times. So I am not quite sure what's going on there. But they just look slow. They look slow against a lot of these teams. Now – the reason I expect them to be more like five and seven this year is because they had a rash of injuries last year, probably more so than a lot of Pac-12 teams did last year, especially in the middle of the season. Um, that's gonna that drug them down some. But you're right. This schedule, this is a brutal schedule. Uh, they're gonna have a tough time getting to 500. I agree. I'm gonna start my analysis off with a little bit of a dad joke here for Stanford. Um, what did the tree do when the bank closed? It started its own branch. I don't know. And that's what and that's what <laughs> Stanford's got to do here. Um, that bank is closed. They, they no money coming out of that bank. They're going to have to start a brand somewhere else and hope for the best because this this is not the year to you know get the cash out on Stanford. So um, I, I don't see them getting the five hundred. I see more of a five and seven type of season for them. Um, so they might approve from last year, but it's going to be a very 
barely approving if they approve at all. So um, not very high on staff for this year. Um, all right, let's move to the South Division. So we have um, Utah, who um, is 10 and four overall last year, eight and one in conference, a really good, good season from Utah. Um, you know, like I said earlier, many people still feel like the pack to pack 12 title runs through Salt Lake City. Um, they won their first championship last year, destroying Utah, I mean, Oregon twice in a row. Um, and it was just impressive to watch. And then they almost beat Ohio State and Rose Bowl. Kept a really good fight. Uh, it went down to the wire. Um, will that continue? Or was that kind of a one-year wonder for, for Utah? What do you think, Jordan? I think it's, I think it's a continuing uh, trend for Utah, especially this next year or this coming year. <clears throat> 10 and 4 at least. But I can see them having an outstanding season, uh, 12 and 2, winning the Pac-12 again. Um, but I think it's all going to come down to that first game and how they come out against Florida at Florida. It, it's just going to be, we'll, we'll know a hundred percent if they blow out Florida, then I, I can see them having an outstanding year, making that really, really hard push to the college football playoffs. And it, it, but 10 and four, I can see is like the easy, the easy way out for Utah. I, I see 10 and four again. All right, Ben, do you agree? Yeah, I'm really high on Utah. I'm I'm among those people who count Utah as being the uh, the best team in the conference at the moment. The only to me, the only question is how good will SoCal be at the end of the year? We know Oregon's going to be good. We know the schedule favors Oregon. We know Oregon's going to be there unless something you know cata cataclysmic happens on their side of the division. So it's down to Utah and USC. How good will USC be at the end of the year? We you know. And we'll see. But Utah is not going anywhere. Worst case for Utah, they're nine and three. That's worst case. Um, they may very well end up 11 and one. Um, Utah's going to be that good. They've got the quarterback Cam Rising. Cam Rising can do everything. He can throw the football down the field. He can throw it short. He can run it. He can scramble. He's, he's experienced. There's nothing he can't do in terms of playing college football. Um, they did lose some people to the NFL, especially on defense, especially at linebacker. They lost two really good guys at linebacker to the NFL. The talent will be there to replace it, and the toughness will be. Um, you just kind of have to ask yourself with that Florida game, at Florida, will they be ready to win that game? That's a big ask, but Florida's down too. So that's kind of a 50-50 game there. But I love Utah. They're going to walk through most of the schedule. Um, they got USC at home, fortunately for them. So I really, really like Utah and what they got going on here this year. All right. Um, a lot of praise for Utah. I actually think Utah will be 11-1 uh, myself. I'm not sure who they're going to lose to yet, but I think there's going to – I don't think it's going to be anybody that, like Oregon or Florida, but I think it's going to be more of a, just a surprise throughout the season. Someone will jump up and bite them um, at one point because it's hard to go undefeated. Um, so I see them being 11-1. and one. I, I do feel – I'll talk about it a little later, but I think they're probably going to lose the championship game to Oregon, and I'll explain why later. Um, but I think 11-1 and one is going to be a good season for Utah. Uh, let's talk about USC next. So 4-8, and eight, obviously, last year overall, 3-6 and six in conference. They – fired um, Clay Hilton, and then their new heir begins this year, Flinker Riley, after um, he left Oklahoma for brighter pastures, I guess, um, in USC. Um, you know, so they're hoping to break into the college football playoff. They got some good impact transfers like Kalen Williams and Jordan Addison. Um, so, Jordan, is this – are you going to jump right to playoff contention, or do you see some roadblocks in the way? I see some roadblocks, I think. Um, <clears throat> they are at Utah. Um, they're at Oregon State. 
they have uh, Washington State at home. They play at home against Notre Dame. But I just see that, you know, they're going to hit some roadblocks. I think they're going to get to six or 500. Um, but I don't think this year they're going to make college football um, consider or college football playoff consideration just because um, there's a lot against them. And Caleb Williams, had, we all saw it at the end of the season. He kind of fizzled out. He came in, you know, with, you know, a huge chip on his shoulder right away. And then it kind of got knocked off and he kind of played slow. Um, didn't look like the Caleb Williams in the beginning of the season or right his first few starting games. Um, and it just, you know, we are going to see that probably starting the season. I think Caleb Williams is going to not have an outstanding, you know, beginning like we we saw when he got his first start. So I, I can see them going 500, maybe two games over, but that's just it for me. All right. Do you agree, Ben? I'm a little higher on SoCal. And, I, you know, the, the deeper I get into it, I kind of settle in at the nine or eight win mark for them. Nine and three, eight and four. Um, do they have a lot of talent coming in? Yes. Do they have a ton of excitement? Yes. Is Lincoln Riley going to be a good coach? Yes. But it's all new. It's going to take a while to get settled in. Getting right off the bat, they've got two conference road games at Stanford, at Oregon State. And I know we just, you know, we tore apart Stanford, but Stanford is capable of beating USC if the Trojans don't bring their A game that early in the season. Um, there's no question about it. So Southern Cal was more talented than almost every team they played last year and looked awful. So it's no different here in, in the early going of the season. If Southern Cal isn't organized, if they aren't better to play, if they aren't settled in, they can lose to Stanford on the road. They can lose to Oregon State on the road. Um, after that, though, I think you start to see the, the Trojans settle in more. And then you've got the Utah game, which is going to be big for them. But then at the end of the season, they're at UCLA and they got Notre Dame coming in. So I, I, I settle in somewhere around eight and four, nine and three. And, and that's about it for me. I think they're going to have a really good season, but I, I, would, I, I wouldn't make any plans for a final four for them this year. Yeah, I agree. I, I see eight and four in their future. So obviously, it proven from last year, but I see them losing. <laughs> Upset special number um, week three um, to Frenzo State just because I think Frenzo State is going to be pretty good this year. So um, I think they're going to lose to Frenzo State. I think they're going to lose to Washington State, obviously. Um, I think they're going to lose to Utah, and I think they're going to lose to Notre Dame. So I think those are the games they're going to lose. So I think they'll be eight and four. You know, obviously, I mean, they obviously have more talent than Frenzo State. They should win that game. They should be nine to three. But as you mentioned last year, they didn't show up for some of those games. And with their offensive defensive lines not being where they need to be, those type of games are tougher than they should be. And so that's where I, I could see like more of an eight and four type of season there, you know? They are. And it's no different than Texas being more talented than a lot of teams they're playing and still struggling, even though Steve, Steve Sarkeesian's there. And we kind of like Sarkeesian. So I, I, I see the same thing, at least in year one here for Southern Cal. And then we'll talk about them more seriously, I think, in 2023. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, okay, so about UCLA, um, they were 8-1 conference. Uh, I think I might have their schedule, their thing, but 8-4 overall. I don't know if that's right, but because I know they beat LSU out of conference. I fought last year, so. Yeah, 8-4, um, yes. Yeah, and what were they in conference? Um, do you have that? Sorry, I don't have the conference in front of me. Okay, sorry guys, but um, yeah, it was somewhere around the eight and four mark. I know they finished overall it was eight and four, but I think conference mark I have a little incorrect. Sorry about that. Um, so they had a breakthrough season. Um, in Cleo Kelly's fourth season, they um, they again they went eight and four. They defeated LSU, Washington, USC. Uh, this was their best season overall since twenty fifteen. 
Um, so do we think like they're going to get the build off of that with they have Dorian Thomas Robinson coming back for his 18th season? Um, so do you think he's going to help them, you know, win some more games there, more experience? What do you say, Jordan? Um, just to tell you, they went six and three in conference last year. So six and three, gotcha. Not eight and one. Um, thank you. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> thank you for calling me out, Jordan. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, I can see them going the same. Um, their schedule kind of helps with that. Um, they have Washington, Utah, Oregon. I think those are the big, you know, games that they're going to lose. Um, and USC at the end of the season, um, I think they're going to lose. But they they can easily win the other <clears throat> games. And I, that eight and four seems just realistic for them. I don't think they have. They're not going <clears> to <throat> be able to knock off the huge, you know, teams. Uh, they play at Oregon, so I, I don't. I just think that eight and four is super realistic for UC, uh, UCLA. Okay, uh, what do you think, Ben? Do you agree? Basically, yeah. Basically, with everything uh, Jordan just said, you know, they've got Dorian Thompson Robinson coming back for what feels like his twenty fifth season in college football. <laughs> so he's experienced. Um, maybe a little bit of a talent question there, but uh, certainly he's experienced. Um, the schedule. It looks like, the, to me, there's about five automatic wins on the schedule because of uh, a week, week, week out of conference slate. And then there's about three teams that you think they're probably not going to beat. And then, that, you know, you're coming off of five and three, that leaves you with 500 games, 50 games. So I, I, between seven and five, eight and four, I'm not sure which I would pick. But, yeah, I, I'm right in that mode right there for UCLA. Should be a good season. Probably not the top of the conference, though. I – I, I think, you know, look at their schedule. I think they're going to be 9-3. and three. Um, Just kind of looking at these games. Man, they start off with a really easy first five games. Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, Colorado, and Washington start. So if nothing else gets your confidence going, those, those five games should get your confidence going. Um, then you go into two back-to-back games uh, against Utah and Oregon, which is going to be tough. But if you could somehow split those, I mean, you're looking good for the rest of the season because I think they could beat Stanford. I think they could beat Arizona State, Arizona. USC is kind of a toss-up. Then you have California, which I think they can win. So, I mean, their schedule is not that bad. I mean, they have a chance to go 10-2, and 11-1 if, if things go their way. But – um, Jordan shaking his head at me, but I, I do think that's that's possible. Um, they have Dorian Thomas Robinson back for his 35th season, like we said. Um, he had again close to 300 yards total per game. Zach Charbonnet, the running back from transfer from Michigan, came in last year, did that really well. Um, I think he'll continue to um, help them. They averaged 37 points, almost 37 points a game last year. I don't think that offense is dropping off uh, at all. Then they have um, a transfer from Duke, Jake Bobo, who had 74 catches last year. So their, their wide receiver, you know, should be, you know, more well-equipped. Um, they did have a lot of depth chart issues where they um, they lost some players um, and some transfers out. Uh, but they did go into the portal themselves and got some, you know, really good, um, you know, defensive players that hopefully could fill in some of those gaps on the defensive end. But I see this being an offensive lane team that could have to outscore some teams um, like they did last year. And so, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, if this offense is clicking, you know, Chip Kelly's good for running a good offense. So it's, it's good things happening there. Tony, you're right. I, I tend to toss UCLA in the Texas category. Every year you look at them and their schedule and their talent, and you think this should be better than this. And every year they kind of, uh, they kind of disappoint you. So I, I love everything you're saying about the Bruins, but I just can't get myself to get on board with, uh, with uh, anything better than that seven or eight wins. 
All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, number one here that we can go back to in this season. Um, <laughs> Indiana. And oh, one bad play. <laughs> Washington State will be. I mean, they might even be a playoff. Who knows? Washington State. Um, there you go. All right. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Arizona next. Um, they went one and eleven overall last year. One and eight in conference. But actually, I felt like they they played better last year than they had been the last couple of seasons. Um, they, I think, they really this year were able to upgrade their roster through recruiting through the transfer portal. They brought in. Um, couple of impact players potentially at quarterback at Jaden Delora from Washington state and receiver Jacob Cowan from UTEP. So they they're trying to upgrade that offense a bit. I think they obviously they have to get better than one 11 because I mean, they second year coaches will learn what's going on and, and improve a bunch of things. But what do you think Jordan? Do you think can they double their win total? I, I think so. Um, just want to throw out there that they um, their one win last year was uh, against Cal, and it was a, a 10-3 win. Um, so, yeah. Um, but t- two and ten, two and ten, um, definitely. Uh, they play Cal again. Um, so that two and ten <laughs> is looking good. They also have two uh, FCS schools. So, well, if you can't get two wins there, I mean, you might be in a long. But they play like season. North. They play North Dakota State and Mich. Uh, Missouri State? Missouri State. Yeah, that's Missouri yeah. State. Oh, that's, that's Mississippi State. No, that's Mississippi it? State. <laughs> they play uh, uh, North Dakota downgraded State. SEC team to FCS, man. That's that's crazy. Sorry, um, that's yes. And that's not Notre Dame State. That is that is North Dakota State right there. Did you see ND? Okay. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, that's that's a more challenging game than I probably fought, too, because I, I, when I first glanced at it, I thought it was a FCS because it was the beginning of the season. But they play San Diego State. And that's uh, that's not an easy um, easy game at all, you know. There, and Mississippi State's gonna be tough. I think they, even North Dakota State always has a pretty decent team. Um, so nothing's gonna be a given here. Except for, I think Colorado might be a given, but I, I don't know about the rest. They lost to Colorado thirty-eight to zero last year. <laughs> oh, God, this rain all over Arizona's parade here. Uh, Dan, yeah. <laughs> all right, Ben. What do you think here? You think they're you think they have a shot here? Yeah, I I personally think, and the schedule's not easy, but I personally think surely they can find at least two or three wins on the schedule this year somewhere. But, you know, you guys' point already well taken. There's there's not – there's very few games where they're going to be the favorite at all. There might be two games on the schedule where they'll be the favorite. So that's, that's a tough hill to climb. And for me, really, the bigger question here is for Arizona is, are they going to get stuck in kind of a bad cycle over the next few seasons where – where they, they're they kind of what Kansas has been for a long time and, and what some of these other schools have been that have just kind of sat on the bottom for a very long time, that really is the danger here, uh, even looking past this season. So hopefully they can figure out a way, pick up two or three wins, show some improvement, and then climb out a little bit in 2023. And I think they can, but it is going to be a hard hill to climb. Yeah, for sure. Well, I do think they might have a chance at Arizona State as well because – there's so much weirdness going on there at Arizona State. And then you have Colorado, the TFCS. Who knows? He might go crazy and get four victories this year. But, um, yeah, I think they'll get better than last year for sure. Speaking of Arizona State, so they were 8-5 and five last year, 63 in conference. But really, uncertainty definitely surrounds that program. They lost a lot of players to the portal, uh, went, underwent a really significant staff overturn because of 
you know, they're trying to fight with the NCAA or just coaches leaving or quitting or getting fired um, just due to that investigation. So, um, you know, there's a lot of weirdness there at Arizona State. So it's for me personally, it'd be tough for me to see them get into the eight and five. But what do you think, Jordan? You think they're going to at least get back to eight and five? No, I don't think they're going back to the eight and five. Um, just looking at their schedule, they have Oklahoma State uh, at Oklahoma State, uh, home against Utah, at uh, USC, home against Washington, <clears throat> at Washington State, and then home against Oregon State, and then away at Arizona. So uh, that eight and five record is going to be a thing they're going to look back on and wish, oh, I wish we could do that again. But no, I, I definitely think it's going to be lower. Um, at least by two losses or two, yeah, have two more losses. I just don't see them having another great season, um, especially like you said, losing coaches, you know, kind of there's a huge umbrella over them right now and it's, you know, casting a shadow. So I, I don't see them doing eight and five, not even doing better. A lot worse, two, two losses at least. Ben, what do you think? Do you agree? Yeah, I'm about the same as Jordan there. I was, I'm going to pick six and six here. Um, there's a couple of automatic wins. I, I think I see three automatic losses, and then everything else is kind of 50-50. They're going to have, even with all the people going out of this program and a whole bunch of people coming back in, they're going to have more talent than some of the teams they're playing this year. But you just have to ask yourself, is all the chaos that they're undergoing, how much is that going to hurt them against some of these just mid-level Pac-12 teams, right? So – I think six and six is about right. Maybe they get a game up, maybe a game down, but I, I feel like that's about their vein this year. I agree. I, I kind of, I, I don't I mean at least six losses, I think, but that's your point. They, they may be able to get the 500, but I think that's probably going to be their, their ceiling this year. Um, just because there's so much turnover. They might surprise and this, this turnover might be good. They might have bringing people that are just dynamic, but I, I just don't, I just don't see that happening. Um, Let's talk about um, Colorado now, four and eight um, overall last year, three and six in conference. Um, after they did a pretty promising four and two finish in um, Carl Durrell's first season in 2020 in that COVID short season, um, they really took a step back. Um, they lost six Pac 12 games, about 15 or more points. Um, the offense only averaged 20.3 points a game and 4.5 yards of play, while the defense surrendered 6.1 yards of play. So, not good on either side. Um, can they turn this around, Jordan, or is it too late for Mr. Durrell there? It's too late. I think it's the same. Um, they're going to be four and eight at best, um, three and nine. I, I don't see them having turning things around. I, I just think they haven't really made that many improvements to offense or defense to make it, you know, make them come back. So, no. Not at all. No, no improvement. Probably less. They take a bigger step back this year. All right, all right. For the Colorado fans out there, Ben, do you agree, or are you going to give them a little bit of hope here? Unfortunately, and I love the Colorado program. I'm not going to give them much hope for this season. To to me, um, what Colorado should be doing, University of, because I think Carl Durrell is a, is a solid solid head coach. I think they should probably just – and I don't know what his contract is. I think they should probably just go ahead and ink him to an extension to where he's got five or six years to work with here and start getting some recruits in. Because when you look at the schedule this year, um, I see 12 games in which they are either not the favorite or they are the decided underdog. 
it starts off with TCU at home. You have Air Force on the road. Um, you're, you have to go to Minnesota, and then you get into the meat of the Pac-12 conference. Um, you know, this is not going to be a pretty season for Colorado, and I think they just need to give Darrell time to hope to try to get the recruits in and hope to try to develop those some because this ain't the year. Um, three, four wins, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm stuck on here. All right, I'm, I'm stuck on that too. Uh, if they get to that much, I, I just think it's gonna be a really bad season. I think I'm thinking one or two wins for Colorado. I just, I just think it's gonna be a bad season for them all, all together. But they do have a lot of transfers in, and you never know how that can impact the program. So, um, but I do think it's gonna be a, a bad season for Colorado. Sorry, fans out there. Um, we still have that championship from the '90s to think about, though. Let's think about that. Um, all right, let's talk about the conference championship game now. We we went through all the teams. Last year's conference championship game, obviously, was Utah beating Oregon 38-10. to 10. So what's still our predictions for this year's game? Who's in it? Who wins? I'll start. I think Oregon um, avenges their loss. I think they're going to probably lose Utah in the regular season, but come back and beat them in the um, championship game because I feel like Dan Lanning will get a hold in this program and figure out the right quarterback. I feel like the first time they play, they may not have the right quarterback, but by the time they play again, they'll, they'll know. But I also think the quarterback positions, whoever it is, will be more dynamic than they were last year where they can actually throw a forward pass. And I think that's going to make it a much more interesting game against Utah. And I think Oregon pulls this one off. Um, so Ben, what do you got winning this one? Yeah. And I, I totally understand what you're saying. There was a reason last year that I picked Oregon to beat Utah in both games. And then Utah smoked them twice. <laughs> so I'm picking Utah over Oregon. I, Southern Cal is going to be good, but I don't think they're quite ready yet to take on these two teams. Um, I still like Utah better than Oregon, even all things considered, and your, your points are all well taken. I think Utah has enough experience at key positions and talent. You know, they're going to be playing two top tight ends all year. They're going to have a good offensive line. They've got a quarterback that's ready to go. They've got a defense that, aside from the linebackers they're missing, a defense that's going to be just stout and tough. Um, I think Utah's going to be ready to win this thing, but it wouldn't surprise me with Oregon. One problem Utah has is that even though they have closed the talent gap on Southern Cal and Oregon, those two other programs are still more talented and probably always will be uh, unless uh, unless Utah finds a way to you know keep turning this into recruits here, the success. But it's so weird. I, I'll finish out with this. Five, six, seven, eight years ago, people were – uh, even questioning whether or not Utah should even be in the conference and whether they could actually compete with Pac-12 teams. It was, a, it was a big unknown. And yet here we are, Utah is, for a lot of people, the favorite this year. Well, it's good to see for that program how far they've come, whether or not they actually win everything this year or not. They're going to have a good season. But that's where I'm at, Utah over Oregon. Uh, close game. All right. Yeah, great. I think it's a close game either way. Uh, what do you think, Jordan? I'm with you, Tony, on that. Uh, Oregon beats, you know, Utah. Um, they come back after last year and just Dan Lanning is going to turn that uh, defense around. I think Oregon's biggest issue is their defense. I think that's, that was their biggest issue going, you know, into every, most games last year was just their defense couldn't stop a team. And I think Utah exported that last year, both games. And I think Dan Lanning is going to change, you know, the culture on that defense. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I'd be interested. I'm, I'm, I think he's gonna do a lot of good things there. They're recruiting well already. They're getting some really good recruits. So if he could be a good head coach, which I think everybody's saying the same thing about um, Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame. I mean, they both can recruit very well, both first time, both defensive coaches, but can they do the job at the head coach? And this would be a good, interesting season to see, you know, in both cases there. 
All right, um, to wrap this podcast up, we have a um, interesting question to make you think a little bit. Okay, guys, it's deep. All right, we haven't talked about this beforehand. So, and you guys are terrible at these questions. So I'm hoping this this week is much better for you guys. All right, <laughs> so say you die, okay? And you have two choices when you die. You can cease to exist and rest peacefully forever, or you can wander to earth, but never interact with anything at all. Which one are you choosing, Jordan? I would wander the earth and never interact with anything just because, you know, you can see just there's so many things that you could just do without anyone seeing you or you seeing them. Um, all the sporting events uh, don't have to go through TSA, you know, at the airport. That's well, a I'm not, big... well, I'm not sure if you get on the plane, but I mean, yes, you can, you can walk through the airport for sure. But you just said you couldn't interact with anyone. You can't interact with anything. So you can't get on a plane. Thing. Well, so you, then, have, you have to wait, walk everywhere. I just, wait, I would just float through the ground. That makes no sense. I would assume you have to walk everywhere. That's what I'm assuming. But you're just saying anything, I would fall through the ground. Jesus. <laughs> but yes, that would be my answer. I would pick the, no one, not, not being able to interact with anything. Is, is that, there you go. Ben, Ben, go right ahead. I don't know where to start. Tony keeps trying every week. And, and you know, I, I admire him for trying every week. We just blow it up. Like, Tony, do I get to eat anything or watch TV? Like, what do I get to do? You can here? watch TV. So you can watch TV. You can watch sporting <laughs> events, but you can't eat. Okay. That's interacting with the food. So you can watch stuff. You just, nobody will know you're there interacting with it, obviously, but you can watch stuff and have a rooting interest. So you can walk the earth and just watch sports for the rest of your life. Do, you, do you get hungry? Yeah, so- <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, no, Jordan, he's not hungry. Okay. Just hey, need to know. Okay. So basically, my choice is I watch sports for all eternity or I cease to exist. And sleep peacefully. Yes, those are your two choices. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of a little bit of torture to me to watch all these people doing all these things without me. And, you know, uh, that's, I don't think I want to be involved in that. Just let me sleep in peace. <laughs> I think that's it for me. All right. Is there a third choice here? Coming? There was not a third choice. There was two options on this question, okay. guys. And um, you, you both failed miserably again. Um, I, I would say I would definitely choose walking the earth. I would love just to watch sports the rest of my life. Nobody bother me. It is like just chill. And I never get hungry. So I don't have to eat anything or, you know, just chill, watch sports. Notre Dame the rest of my life, you know, um, but they would probably torture you after a few years, right? Because you couldn't do anything, couldn't talk to anyone. But um, yeah, sounds lonely actually. Is where I'm. I, I think is where I'm ending up at. To be honest, well, I've been working remotely for twelve years. You know, I feel like that's kind of what it what it's like. So, um, <laughs> well, you know. So with that, guys, we'll we'll wrap this one up. You know, for another thought provoking in the flat podcast here for you. Um, remember, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's in the flat pod. Um, you know, feel free to shoot us a, a tweet, uh, shoot us a DM, um, interact with our in the flat podcast website. Um, you know, we'll have mailbag questions ever so often. This post is mailbag questions this week uh, about Notre Dame and Arch Manning, some other interesting topics. So feel free to keep shooting those our way um and then next week we'll jump into the big 12 a little more conference preview there and then my hope is this week i can get another um, recruiting podcast out to you guys where we can keep getting that recruiting coverage out there to you um but in the meantime guys take it easy and if you pass away i hope you get to wander to earth and not interact with anything thank you guys have a nice day